Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. It's time for another episode of Last Drinks, a podcast where we have conversations for the sober and the sober curious, hosted by me, Maz Compton, sober since 2015. Hello, beautiful humans. So last week on the podcast, you heard from Laura Lee Wright, an author from Virginia in the US, and you heard all about her last drink. If you missed that episode, I highly recommend you go back and hear about it because she did detail the story about somebody in her family roaming the streets whilst holding a gun while she was deep in her childhood. This week, we are going to hear from Laura Lee Wright about her book. It's called Beyond Sober. You can get it anywhere you get good books. And I highly recommend it. I've read it and it's wonderful. And in this part of our conversation, Laura details something that she found overwhelmingly challenging in her sobriety and how she managed to overcome it. It's a great little chat. And here's a friendly reminder that next week on the pod, I have a huge announcement. It's, it's so cool. It's a project I've been working on in all of that spare time that I have with a dear friend of mine. And we are finally ready to share it with the world. So I will have all of the details of this little project next week on the pod. If you want a heads up, you can go to mazcompton.com and click the join the wait list button on the website. And you will be in the know before everybody else, because we'll be sending an email out to everybody on that list before we spill the tea on my potty. Either way, join the wait list or definitely um, tune in next week for all the deets. I can't wait to share it with you. You're going to love it. I hope you enjoy part two of Last Drinks with Laura Lee Wright. So let's talk about your book, Beyond Sober. And I love this because it does very much feel like this is something that I think people ruminate on when they, they get sober. Getting sober is great. Like it's, you have your, you have your drunken debaucherous time. You decide to like pull your socks up and have your last drink and you get sober. And then you're like, um, now what? Like what? And at some point I've said this before because I found this, the novelty of sobriety can wear off sometimes because in the beginning it's like, and you might not be telling people, but it's like, I'm sober. I'm doing this thing. I feel really good. I've got all these benefits. But then at some point, like real life just kicks you in the balls and you're like, oh God. And so I love this idea. Like, I feel like you've really curated this book for people that are sitting in that space. And I know a lot of those people listen to this podcast. So tell me about from Feb 2018 to when you decided to share your story, put pen to paper and become an author? Because it's a that's, again, another really big decision. 
it wasn't a big decision for me because I've always been a writer and promised myself from early on that I would write a book. Uh, I always thought it'd be a fiction book. I didn't know it was going to, I didn't know my first book was going to be this one. Um, but there's a lot of things we don't know. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I, writing to me and writing about this topic, absolutely not a stretch for me at all. Um, the reason why I wrote it was because I felt like there was a gap in the literature that was available to people in early recovery, particularly people who weren't associated with any particular group um, uh, or movement. Mm -hmm. You know, this is, this is just, this is for everybody, whether you are involved in a 12-step program or you're involved in a religious program or you're just going to church it's for everybody because the the simple actionable steps in the book apply to anyone who wants to put down the bottle. Yeah, I love that. That's so important. And so with the the steps that you've come up with, like this sort of guide, let's call it a blueprint mm -hmm. for people, is this based on your like your personal experience when you got sober and how you navigated you know, so it's almost like part memoir. It's like, this is what I did and it worked for me. And so these are the practical steps that I put into place. Here's how I did it. Absolutely. And there's not an original idea in the book. I didn't invent any of these things. I think I just curated what I thought worked and what worked for me. And it's not all inclusive to be sure. But what I did was pull down the pieces of my early sobriety that I found most challenging and needed the most help with and tried to put those into these nine chapters. Like, um, for example, you know, my whole house, my whole life was wine. I thought I was a wine connoisseur. You know, I live in the middle of wine country in Virginia in the U.S. Um, I traveled to vineyards. I thought I was the real deal. So I had an entire room dedicated to wine. Well, when you get sober, uh, if your entire house and your, uh, your pillows and everything in your house has to do with alcohol, you've got to make a huge change and nobody tells you about this. Oh, you have to redecorate your house, but I had to redecorate my house. Yeah. I, um, that's really interesting because I, I like minimized and I didn't, nobody said to me, Hey, you just stopped drinking alcohol. You should definitely clean out your pantry and all of your kitchen cupboards, Maz. But what <laughs> happened for me is I found that I had loads of time on my hands and I was so scared of being bored. So I just used, because I'm a real goal setter, go get a trailblazer. I was like, well, I'm going to put this new time to good use. And at the time I had just binge watched Marie Kondo on Netflix. And I was like, she's cute. This sparks joy. And so I did start, I started just going through my cupboards and cleaning out my stuff. And then I felt like this load lift off me and I'm like, oh, this feels nice. And so in a similar vein, there's all this stuff that's going to come up for people that you don't think about when you get sober, because the focus when you get sober is not drinking alcohol. Right. But the things that you stumble upon on that road are like, oh my God, what am I going to do with my time? Sitting in front of the TV, if you used to be a wine connoisseur in front of the television, you know, drink a bottle of wine while you're watching TV, you've got to re 
do your nights without alcohol, which has been your best buddy for so long. So it's like, Mm -hmm. what do I do with my hands instead? You know, and I think at one point I remember like really in this, that really crucial early part of sobriety where you feel like you're kind of high, but not, but it's just a weird feeling, which is actually just clarity. I actually sat on the couch and sat, I'll do it now. I sat on my hands for a bit because I was so used to reaching for wine and I would constantly look down at the coffee table and there was no wine there. And then I'd look at the TV show and then I'd look back down. And so I'd sit on my hands to break the habit of me reaching forward for a glass of wine. And that worked. So there's lots of physical little kind of tips and tricks that you can kind of hack your own brain with along the way. But these are the things that no one, I guess, explains. And I certainly wasn't expecting, it sounds like you weren't expecting a redecoration of the home. No, of course not. You just, I wasn't thinking that far ahead. Um, And I think that's one of the things that I want my book to do is just, just take people to a place where, where they really weren't thinking they needed to go, but they do need to go. Uh, But I'm, I'm like, telling I just tried to make it so no nonsense so direct like that one friend that you have that always tells you the truth but does it in kind of a nice way that's who I am and that's what the book is there's a quote in the book chapter one is called you never have to feel like this again and I'll just quickly read that first paragraph it says you didn't pick up this book on the best day you have ever had the good news is that you never have to feel like this again. Whatever pain, anguish, embarrassment or discomfort brought you to seek sobriety can be a thing of the past. That landed with me because I was like, I didn't realise that I had a choice for so long. My school of thought was, oh God, I don't want to go out this weekend because I don't want to drink. Not realising that I could not drink. And so Mm -hmm. that sentence alone, I think, just gives people permission to choose. And just there's, you know, with that, there are pros and cons. The pros Mm -hmm. are you get a choice. This is the sum total of your choices. You can change your choices. You're in control. Like here's all the empowerment, go forth and conquer. And the cons are you need to take a bit of responsibility and accountability for all of the choices that you didn't think you were making that you have been making. But uh, even though that's split, once you can get through the accountability thing and the the self-acceptance, forgiveness of like, oh, my God, I did get myself here, then, oh, my God, the power in that sentence of just going to people, you don't have to ever do this again. You don't have to feel this bad. You don't have to live in constant um, suffering. We suffer when we drink and we don't want to drink anymore, but we don't know what to do. And so I just, I just wanted to say like that just bounced out of the page and got me. And I was like, oh yes, this is a choice. And when you're in sobriety, it's such a rewarding choice. There's so many compound and knock-on benefits. And you said for you, you didn't find it difficult to stop drinking, but I'm sure that there were challenges. Can you speak to one of the things that you found challenging about that road and how you overcame it? The the biggest challenge I found in sobriety as I as I kind of started getting into it 
was this profound loneliness. I really had a profound loneliness for a short period of time because everything and everyone was changing. It had to change. So the people that were in my life, including my husband, had to go. And they wanted to go. You know, when you're not the good time girl anymore and you're no fun to be around because you're not drinking anymore, um, you know, the... um, the wet blanket, so to speak, those people tend to to fall by the wayside. And it takes a little while. It took me a little while to build up this new, um, my new army, my sober army, right. Of friends. And now my Mm. fiance who's also sober. And, Mm. you know, I have, I have the life of my dreams right now, but in 2018, I was suffering from profound loneliness. I missed my alcohol, my best friend. Mm. I missed socializing. I missed going out and, you know, I would go out to a local restaurant that was really close to my home and I would drink, 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 and I would have a steak and I would listen to live music. And I just thought I was the cat's meow. And by the end of the night, I was just a drunk woman, Mm. you know, but I, I still missed it. So I did go through a mourning period, a mourning period for the life that I knew I could no longer, I could no longer sustain. People don't uh, think about that when, well, like you said, when you're busy getting sober, you're just busy getting sober. But um, there is an element of grief when you give up alcohol. And I think some people may be hesitant to put it down because they're like, what if I miss it? And I'm like, you probably will. (laughs) If you were drinking as much as I was in 2014, which was my last year of drinking. My Lord, you will miss it. You'll, yep. you'll miss it because it's been your companion. It's been your keeper of secrets. It's been there for you. It's been your trusted best friend. It's, they, it always shows up, right? But it's mm-hmm. toxic for you. It's poison for you. It's platonic for you. It's not good. And so you might miss the idea of companionship, which is what alcohol represents. But you mm-hmm. will not miss being the drunk person at the end of the night, the hangovers, the vomit stains, the taxis home, you know, the questionable receipts in your wallet, um, the broken relationships, the shame and the guilt and the anxiety. You do not miss any of those things that alcohol eventually leads you to. But yeah, you do, I think for a lot of people, miss it. And it, and as with any breakup, there is a period of grieving And, you know, in a way, it's almost ironic that usually when people break up with somebody, they end up drinking. But when you break up with alcohol, you can't drink. That's the whole point. So how did you navigate that loneliness and and I guess the acceptance of the role that alcohol had played in your world? Great question, because it really dials back into how to navigate life. What I had to learn for the first time is that I had to get through it. I had to feel the feelings to get to the other side. And that was what I was avoiding the entire time I was drinking. If I started to feel just a little bit of a feeling, I would drink because I didn't want to feel that feeling. I wanted to feel differently. And so what that period of loneliness taught me was that I needed to feel those feelings and I needed to get to the other side. And so I did. Um, There was time takes time. Mm. And it took a long time for me to become the really sick alcoholic woman that I was 
So it, it took mm -hmm. a long time to get out of that as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I had a great support system. I immediately found people that could support me that I could call who had been, who had walked the walk that I was walking. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. And that made me feel a lot less lonely. I love it so much. I'm so glad that you were courageous enough to walk through and to keep going, you know, like to keep going when it, when the novelty wore off and when things got tough and you looked at the wall and you're like, dang, we need some new wallpaper. Like you walked through that and you, and you kept going. And I'm, I'm so stoked that you've got this book out there in the world. Cause I really think that it's, it's well needed for people who are like, I don't know what to do. I stopped drinking and now what? So your book is called Beyond Sober. You put down the booze. Now what? By Laura Lee Wright. Thank you so much for being my guest today on Last Drinks Podcast. It's been so wonderful connecting with you. Thanks so much for having me. And um, I just, you're delightful. So oh, thank, thank you, you for making my afternoon just delightful. Well, that's my pleasure. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Make sure you click follow so you don't miss an episode. New episodes are published every Monday. You can follow us on TikTok at Last Drinks or catch up with me on Instagram at Maz Compton. Stay curious.